Welcome to the Humans and Earth podcast. We bring you inspiration and practical resources for healing our planet and ourselves. It's time for soulful contributions that regenerate life on Earth. I'm Shara Arman, a thought leader and teacher who believes we're ready to renew Earth and heal ourselves in the process. You can find our work online at humansandearth.com and on Instagram at School Humans Earth. I'd love for you to be on our newsletter list and receive our updates on Instagram. Please share our work at the School for Humans and Earth with anyone you think might be interested and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast so that we can include more and more people in the regeneration revolution that I believe is happening on planet Earth. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome back to Humans and Earth. This is Shara Arman, and I'm bringing you today an episode about transformation and how we are always invited by life to transform. This is true for us personally and culturally, and it's also true environmentally as we choose to transform existing systems using approaches such as permaculture, regenerative agriculture, sustainable and regenerative energy, sustainable and regenerative building construction systems, and more. This episode is especially for you if you're feeling lately that transformation, healing, or regeneration are out of reach, whether you desire them for yourself or our planet. This is also for you if you're celebrating any holiday or taking a seasonal pause in the next few weeks. You might be celebrating Hanukkah, Solstice, Christmas, Kwanzaa, the New Year, another holiday, or some combination of these. Whatever you celebrate or don't, this is a sacred time of year to take a breath, a pause, to reflect and realign. It can be a very busy time of year, but it's also a time when we work at least a bit less and have perhaps a few extra chances for some pauses, even if they're short. So in the hopes that you'll have a little more quiet time than usual, perhaps with breaks in your typical routine or a few days away from work or regular schedules, I'd like to offer you an invitation to be open to the ideas, energies, and possibilities of transformation during this season. At times, life can feel bruising, and some people I've spoken with lately have talked about feeling discouraged and struggling to find optimism as they watch parts of life they really care about seem to be threatened by the world's instabilities and the difficulties humanity seems to be having with getting along with one another and treating the earth wisely. You also may be observing intensity or challenge in your own life or the lives of those around you. I myself have plenty of experience with feeling discouraged, demoralized, helpless, and more. Some personalities have more of a tendency toward this, and traumas we experience impact our brain's degree of negativity bias. 
But all human lives include experiences of feeling powerless to transform either yourself or the world around you. However, so much in our world reminds us that transformation is almost always available. Nature shows this in the turn of the seasons and the abilities of plant and animal bodies, including our own, to often regenerate after being injured. Ecosystems show this in their ability to rebalance and regenerate after experiencing harm, whether from a natural shock in the form of a large storm or from human damage. Nature is a regenerative system in a process of constant transformation. Our cultural traditions of mythology show that humans have been drawn to stories of transformation since time immemorial. I'll talk more about this later in this episode. So many human lives show evidence of transformation too. Whether we're talking about recovery of physical health or mental health, recovery from addiction, healing from trauma, attaining education, crafting new relationships or career paths, or building gardens, transformation is much more prominent in most of our lives than we typically acknowledge. Here's one example of high-level life transformation. On Michael Bernard Beckwith's podcast, Take Back Your Mind, I listened recently to his interview with Hazel Ortega, who is the founder of High Tide Global, and I've also been reading Hazel Ortega's book. Hazel shares in her interview with Michael Beckwith and in her book about growing up in Los Angeles with incarcerated parents in a neighborhood with continual gang violence and how as an adult, she was starting to repeat some of her parents' patterns. She found that she had to give up her sob story of repeated traumas and disadvantages in order to transform her life. She hadn't obtained a college degree and was working an uninspiring job and experiencing financial problems like her parents had. She was raising her younger siblings. Yet, with a combination of some strong mentoring and a lot of self-development on her part, within a few years, she went from the financial chaos of bounced checks to a degree, a career she loved, founding several businesses, and becoming an international leader in job counseling for injured workers seeking new careers and in international education initiatives through her nonprofit, High Tide Global. Whether or not your story is as striking as Hazel's, I encourage you to consider where in your life you've already experienced transformation and where you desire to create more. A key point here is that if we want to see the world transform, we have to enact transformation individually, whether that's in our personal habits and lifestyles, our choice to strengthen our green brain perceptions and participate in informed optimism, our contributions to peace among people, or our contributions to restoring Earth on a local, regional, or global scale. Transformation starts at an individual scale and then blossoms outward. Hazel Ortega had to transform her perceptions of herself and the world and her habits before she became someone who has helped thousands of injured workers find new careers. I do worry as I watch global conversations that too many of us wait for others to transform. We wait for governments to solve all of the world's problems or for people who are already identified as leaders to create solutions. But I believe that if you look at most people's lives, 
and most of the solutions we have created on this planet on a big scale, you find that many individuals have participated. Individual transformation is at the heart of whatever happens on a global level. To take an environmental example of transformation, we can look at movements such as regenerative agriculture, which is showing us how to not just be sustainable, but how to restore and improve soil, air quality, biodiversity, and other aspects of an area of land thriving. I found enjoyment this year in selecting some holiday gifts that were produced on regenerative farms here in the US. Check out the Regenerative Organic Alliance for lists of farms and other producers of regeneratively grown products. The Rodale Institute also maintains some lists of regeneratively grown foods and other items. In another example of environmental transformation, through the rewilding movement, we are achieving transformations or renewals such as restored forests and other habitats. The United Kingdom is moving ahead with restoring some of its lost ancient rainforests, which is truly exciting. Other examples include the reintroduction of wolves into Yellowstone National Park, trout into a river in London, beavers in the United Kingdom, and the Tasmanian devil in Australia. We also have documentation of ecosystems that have been repaired and regenerated through being protected from human interference or have been renewed through human support in the form of actions such as intensive tree planting, dam removal, the reintroduction of native species, or the reduction of non-native species. There's a narrative available right now from a number of spiritual teachers, as well as from social scientists, that points out that we have many reasons to believe that life is getting better on planet Earth, not worse. I value the discussion about how we can observe humanity maturing and moving into a wiser stage of relating to one another and our planet. If you want to explore this spiritual conversation, I love the insights offered by Sandra Walter, Patricia Cota Robles, Daniel Scranton, and Judy Satori and there are others as well contributing to that conversation. From the social scientific perspective, we have analyses showing that there is actually less warfare occurring on Earth than in past cultures, that equality is growing, that justice-oriented endeavors are increasingly flourishing, and that meaningful progress is occurring in environmental sustainability. Even more than that, I see truly meaningful progress in humans opening our hearts more fully to one another and the other species with whom we share the planet. The rights of nature legal movement is gaining momentum around the world as individuals, groups, and even governments realize that truly protecting, honoring, and nurturing the natural world is what we're called to do for reasons ranging from the ethical and the spiritual to the scientific and the practical. As people who are trained as plant and animal communicators become more numerous, and the study of animal and plant communication starts to even become an academic branch of research, we're recognizing that being fully open in mind and heart to the animals and plants around us is a beautiful way to live, and perhaps how we are meant to live. I see so many hearts opening into connection, cherishing of life, and regenerative perspectives and actions. In my view, this is a transformation of humanity occurring right before our eyes. Once you start noticing it, evidence is everywhere. Of course, you can always find experts who insist on a pessimistic narrative. 
Right now, we face many choices about how to interpret what's going on in our world. As you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I side strongly with the perspective that we are standing on the cusp of an era of beautiful flourishing and thriving on this planet. And I'm continually inviting you to believe that with me. However, I have days of discouragement like anyone else. I know from my own life and those of others that we all experience not only tougher days, but also deep traumas that affect how we perceive the world. We have to repeatedly align and realign with our ability to see transformation, choose transformation, and create transformation. It actually is a choice. And you can pursue that more deeply through things like positive psychology or the brain retraining programs that have evolved out of our recent research in neuroplasticity. Earlier episodes of this podcast cover some of those topics. I referred earlier to how the mythology of every human culture contains stories of dynamic transformation, usually in the form of some kind of resurrection. You can find this in ancient Greek and Egyptian mythology, key religious stories in the world's religions, and the tales of indigenous peoples. All cultures give a central role to stories about rising above struggle into transformation and a new level of being. I almost feel like I should repeat that. To me, it's a big deal. You can look at probably any human culture on the planet and notice that it has given in its culture a central role to stories about rising above struggle into transformation and a new level of being. This is core to who we are as human beings, and we forget that at our peril. So as you look at whatever it is in the world that you find troubling right now, whether that's violence or disappointing climate talks, loss of wild land, threats to species, troubles that you or your loved ones are having, or something else, I encourage you to step back to a wider view and ask how transformation also is occurring or may be about to occur, and how perhaps the big picture view of what's going on for people and planet is much more encouraging than the micro view of each and every individual problem or failure. And maybe that big picture view of transformation is also the story that is the most true. Because if it's the case that humanity is in a continual process of transformation, and if our cultural mythologies over time emphasize that, then it may be that the story of transformation and our calling to transformation is more valid, more true, more relevant, or bigger than our stories of failure. In this season of perhaps a bit more quiet and reflection than usual, and also a time of plenty of concern about how things are going on planet Earth, and as we begin a new year, I'd like to offer you a story of transformation that also includes the realistic elements of harm and suffering. I don't see the world as free of suffering because it's not. My own life isn't. But I still believe that transformation is almost always available to us. And I know humans for millennia have believed this, as mythology and religious stories from every culture reveal. So if you're troubled by the unresolved problems in our world, 
Consider this story as a reminder of the possibilities of transformation. This story of Sedna can really speak to us now, I believe. It is an Inuit story from the far northern regions of our planet. There are a few versions available online. I thank Marsha Wade for sharing it with me. The story has a harsh aspect, and before I tell it, I want to remind us that most stories of transformation have a harsh aspect. Someone suffers or even dies in some way in order to transform or resurrect. What's relevant for us about this now, I believe, is that when we focus primarily on our suffering, traumas, or sob stories, whether our personal sob stories or those we think we see unfolding in the world, we can forget to look for the transformation they may lead to. So although Sedna's story contains an aspect that is violent and harsh, and I will tell it very briefly. Most of our myths of transformation contain the same. The point is to guide us to see what's beyond harshness, violence, harm, or failure. What is the creative stage of transformation that so often comes next, especially when we choose it? Sedna was a young Inuit woman who was forced to marry a man not of her choosing. Once she experienced unhappiness or mistreatment with her new husband, she sought her family's help. One day, in pursuit of her father's assistance, Sedna swam through the Arctic waters following her father's fishing boat. As she finally reached it and grasped the boat's side, her angry father chopped at her hands with a weapon, causing her to lose her grit and fall into the sea. Yet as Sedna flailed in the icy water, her wounded fingers transformed into sea creatures such as seals and whales and swam around her supportively, and Sedna herself transformed into a goddess of the sea. Some artists have lately been drawing beautiful representations of this story, so I encourage you to look around online. In another version, Sedna's father is in agreement with her endeavor to separate from her husband, but ends up tossing her into the water as they risk drowning in his boat in a storm. And at that point, parts of her body transform into sea creatures while she becomes a sea goddess. What interests me most about the story and all stories of transformation is how it reveals the shift from suffering to empowerment. In Sedna's case, the sea and the sea creatures collaborated with her to co-create her transformation into a vibrant goddess who assists life. In cooperation with the natural world, Sedna transforms from someone with a terrible story to someone who is powerful and free. We could look to many cultures and religions and their mythology for reminders that we have always believed in transformation and always found ways to curate it. And as I discussed earlier, we can look to nature for continual examples of transformation and regeneration, growth, demise, and then rebirth. So during this somewhat quieter season, I invite you to look for one area of yourself you want to transform and one area of your or humanity's interactions with the natural world that you'd like to help transform. The point of the story of Sedna, I think, is that we can't be held back by trauma, difficulty, or disappointment. Yes, terrible things happen. Wars occur. Climate talks don't achieve as much as we think they need to. Or another meadow gets turned into a housing development. 
But too often we throw up our hands in despair, choosing a red brain and narrow perspective. Stories like that of Sedna remind us to ask, what happens after the terrible thing? What kind of beauty can we create in response to occurrences we find horrible? Let's think also about the new stories of transformation that we could be creating right now. Whatever your age, what kind of story would you like to tell your grandchildren or great-grandchildren about how in the 21st century we woke up to the damage that we were doing to earth and our own bodies and all over the planet we enacted beautiful actions, systems, cooperative endeavors of repair, regeneration, restoration, and the creation of harmless, truly flourishing ways of being on this planet, in every ecosystem, in every biome, on every continent, in every region of the world, including absolutely all people, all animals, and all plants in a new way of thriving on planet Earth. What I mentioned just now is just an outline. What story of transformation can you craft for yourself? It might be a story involving our ways of surpassing harmful methods for generating energy and converting entirely to harmless methods. It might have to do with our food systems, healthcare, transitioning from polluting water to cleaning and nurturing it. Your story might have to do with how we renew the soil, how we protect and honor plants and animals and ecosystems. Your story might have to do with the environmental injustices that occur to human health and how we collectively decided in the 21st century that those had to stop, that humanity is better than that that there is literally no need for us to live in ways that harm ourselves and other people and animals and plants because better alternatives are available. So I really encourage you, now that I've reminded you that stories of transformation exist in every culture all over the planet, craft your own. Our ancient stories of transformation are valid and valuable and we need new ones. And it's up to all of us to craft them together. I invite you to believe in transformation and even more to choose it. As Hazel Ortega learned, we have to surpass our sob story if we want to create something beautiful in the world. We could tell a lot of sob stories right now about environmental threats, ways humans are harming one another, and ways people are suffering in mind or body as well as how animals, plants, and ecosystems are suffering harm. Yet there is almost no possibility of repair or new flourishing if we stay focused on the dark story or how the glass is half empty. Our options for repair, regeneration, and thriving spring up when we believe they exist, when we believe in transformation, and we look for how it is happening or how we can create it. And as in Sedna's story, often our options for repair, regeneration, and thriving spring up when we collaborate with the natural world. So instead of being discouraged about something in your own life, on the world stage, or in the natural world's well-being, where can you watch for, 
believe in, and contribute to transformation? Where can you be a transformative presence? I think this is a beautiful question to ask ourselves as we conclude 2023 and prepare for a new year. If you want to see humanity thrive more fully and our planet be restored, in what ways can you transform your own mind, heart, and ways of living? In what ways can you believe in and hold space for larger transformations in our world? And in what ways can you uphold those that are already forming? I'm not saying I achieved a lot when I bought a few Christmas presents from regenerative farms, but I think this choice is an example of how sometimes our very small and easy actions are votes for regeneration and transformation. I hope you'll watch for the ways you can vote for regeneration and transformation within your own mind, your perspectives, how you're reading the world, how you develop yourself, and however you choose to contribute in the communities and world around you. So many options for transformation are available to us, and it's a joyful process to explore them. Thanks for listening to Humans on Earth. Thank you for listening to Humans and Earth. Please share this episode to broaden engagement in the regeneration our world needs. You'll find social media links in the show notes. To explore our other offerings, visit www.humansandearth.com.